Americans are capable of achieving extraordinary things when they have the freedom and opportunity to do so. This is American Potential, and here's your host, Jeff Crank. All right, welcome to American Potential. Oh, so much regulation in the area of healthcare, and there's a solution that's out there. I was stunned when I heard a statistic about the 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 small number of people, really small number of Americans, that take advantage of what's called a health savings account. And the reason I was stunned by it is I have a health savings account, and I absolutely I love it. And I mean, this probably sounds like a paid commercial. I'm not doing this for any insurance company or HSA or anything. I just, I love the freedom that an HSA provides to me. And what is a health savings account? Have you ever heard of one? I mean, it's amazing. Only about 10% of Americans have a health savings account. That That's stunning to me. A health savings account or an HSA, as it's known, is a tax-exempt account that helps pay for certain medical expenses. What are some of the benefits of it? Well, the money's not taxed. I mean, there's a there's a benefit. So it's pre-tax dollars. And two, it rolls over from year to year. So if you have $1,000 or $1,500 in your account at the end of the calendar year, it rolls right over. It stays, it's actually your money and it earns interest in an account. It's amazing. On today's episode, we have Americans for Prosperity senior policy fellow, Dean Clancy. And he's going to talk more about the benefits of a health savings account. Dean, thanks for being with us. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Good. Okay. I was stunned, I'm telling you, when I saw that only 10% of Americans uh, roughly use HSAs or health savings accounts. Amazing to me. Yes, it is amazing because uh, a health savings account is the most generous savings vehicle in America, it's a little bit like a an IRA, you know, an individual retirement account, or a four hundred one k, which is a retirement account that you get through your place of work. But it's better. Those accounts, you pay tax on the money, either when the money goes into the account or when it comes out of the account. But with a health savings account, the money is never taxed, not going in, not coming out, and not while it's building up. And with an HSA, you can. Invest the money, you know, like in the market, or you could just keep it like a bank account, real safe and sound. It's up to you, but it, but the money can only be used for qualified medical expenses. But because of that uh, tax treatment, it's the most generous savings vehicle in America. You can actually pr- uh, generate a huge nest egg for your healthcare costs in your golden years uh, if you want, assuming you you are healthy, relatively speaking, over the years. Uh, But even for people who are not so uh, healthy, it's a great tool, for example, paying for uh, diabetes supplies or, you know, things you need on a routine basis. You're using untaxed dollars. That means your dollar, your healthcare dollars going farther. It's like a 10 to 40 percent discount on every medical purchase. But only 10 percent of Americans have an HSA right now and only 10 percent of Americans, roughly speaking, can have a health savings account. And that is a serious barrier. Uh, I mean, there are federal rules that create that barrier. We want to remove those so we can have what I call HSAs for all. Let every American have this tool as an option. 
Yeah, and that's again, we've talked about this. Every episode we talk about removing barriers and that that is the purpose of this podcast is to help get citizens engaged to remove barriers that are imposed by their government. If citizens don't get engaged, uh, there are there are forces that will push to keep those barriers in place because they advantage them usually. Um, before we continue too much on HSAs, though, I do want people to know uh, your background. You've worked uh, for the White House. You've worked for Congress. You've worked in the U.S. healthcare industry for for many many years. Correct? Yes. Yes, I am older than I sound. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you sound like you're twenty. So I mean, you know, <laughs> Dean. So okay, which which I'm gonna I've got to ask this question. Which administrations did you work for? Ronald Reagan and both Bushes. I didn't work in the Trump administration, but uh, but I did work okay. in uh, those others. I was a very junior level staffer in the Reagan administration. Okay, but, but I here's uh, my question. Okay, well, that's okay. That's all right. I So I have this question for you because I have my own story. I've never told it on this show and may never. But what's your favorite? Tell me your favorite story you're working in. Uh, you're working in the White House. Surely, you know, I'm sure you didn't have daily interaction with the president of the United States, but I'm sure if you were in the administration, you did. What's your best story of talking to or meeting with the president or their interaction with you, whatever, any of the presidents would love to hear that. Well, I, um, I have a wonderful photograph of myself um, shaking hands with Ronald Reagan. Oh. He happened to be passing through the corridor, just you wow. know, he was walking through with Secret Service. Yeah. And we heard them coming. So we just came out of our offices and stood, you know, along the edge yeah. of the corridor. And as he came by, I just reached my hand out to shake his hand. And he reached back behind himself to, to, to grab my hand and smile at me and then keep going. But somebody snapped a picture. Oh, so awesome. now I have that that photo as a uh, <laughs> as a keepsake. Oh, that's and awesome. um, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Those are great moments. Um Someday, maybe I'll tell mine. I don't want to bore people with me. Well, can, can, I, can I tell you another White House yeah, story? Of course, of course. Um, my job in the Reagan White House was to work on uh, helping the president write oh, sort of ceremonial messages, letters to government officials in other countries and, you know, proclamations and right. things. And uh, when, when Reagan did his uh, Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall yeah. speech at the Berlin yeah. Wall in Germany, uh, historic speech. Afterwards, I got the assignment to write thank you letters to about 37 fairly high-ranking government officials in Germany, basically a thank you letter after the trip. And um, in the, when we did letters like that, we would, you know, we would thank them and, and everything. And then at the last sentence of the letter, uh, Reagan always wanted to say, God bless you. He ended every letter I ever saw with the words, God bless you. Hmm. And, uh, but with foreign officials, he wanted to do it in their language. So we had a little guidebook and, you know, every language you can think of, it was God bless you in that language. So I looked it up in German. I wrote it down in the letters. Letters went out the door. Then we started getting phone calls because I had accidentally transposed two letters. And instead of saying, God bless you, it said, God burn you. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Dean. So, Dean, you could have caused an international incident. <laughs> the Cold War was in its height at this moment. Yeah, it would have ended then, but I, I caused it to be prolonged. No, uh, luckily I, I was not fired and we did replace the letters, but um, but I, I wanted to tell that story. God, God burn you? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, how it just happened to happen to work out that way. That is a great story. That's a great story. All right, now I got to get my picture shaking your hand, Dean, because you're the guy that almost 
you know, blew up the world back then. Okay. Anyway, that is amazing. That's great. All right. Back, back to health savings accounts. Oh, I love that story. Back to health savings accounts. I, I mean, I just can't believe that, that this few number of people have it, but you talked about this barrier and I want to talk about that, 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 that there's a limit on, first of all, there is a limit on what you can put the amount you can put into an HSA, but in order to use an HSA, you have to have a certain kind of health insurance plan. Is that right? Yep, that's right. So, so tell us, tell us about that. Well, who can have it? Who can't? Yeah, the number one reason that ninety percent of Americans cannot have a tax-free health savings account is because, in order to do so, you must also carry a particular kind of health insurance. The law calls it a high deductible health plan. Now, most of us nowadays have a high deductible. That's the part of the insurance, you know, that, that's the cost you pay out of pocket before sure. your insurance kicks in. Uh, but, but just because you have a high deductible does not mean you have an HSA qualified health plan. No, it's much more complicated than that. And the fact is um, most forms of health insurance that people have today, including most workplace insurance, is not HSA qualified. It doesn't meet all the little, it doesn't check all the boxes and meet all the bells and whistles of the federal statute. Uh, and these are unnecessary requirements, in my opinion. Sure. But the net effect of it is nine out of 10 Americans don't have the right kind of insurance, so they are not allowed to save and pay for health care tax free. And, and that's a tragedy. And we're trying to change that. I mean, why does government care? If you have a high deductible plan or not, I mean, why are they punishing people who don't have a high deductible plan? It just, it's regulations and rules like this just don't make any sense to me. Why, why not let people, I mean, this truly is a government barrier. Why not let people just have the plan that they want and save the way that they want? It's, it's about money. Is it about budgets and how much money the federal government gets or how, how does that work? It's partly about uh, the more of these accounts people have and the more money they put in the accounts, uh, the less tax revenue oh, the government collects. The government that gets the less money and the, <laughs> and the individual gets more money. I see. Okay, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's a very dangerous thing, you know, right. letting people have their own money. But uh, the other th factor is the health insurance industry uh, was not uh, favorable to this sure. new, new option and they lobbied to get restrictions placed. They basically, they wanted to make sure that if you had a health savings account, you also had insurance and they wanted, the, the uh, one of the pitches used to sell the idea originally was, you know, well, you can use this for the money that you pay out of pocket towards your deductible. So the insurer said, fine, let's make that a law. Let's, let's impose that as a mandate on people. And the result has been, it's turned into a huge barrier uh, to adoption of health savings accounts. And if we change it, the way I think ideally we would change it is we just eliminate the requirement for high deductible health plan. I mean, 98% of Americans have health insurance or are they eligible for government sub subsidized health insurance. We have universal coverage as a practical matter in this country. So it's not like you have to try to nudge people to get insurance. They've got it. Why not just let them have the account, save and pay for healthcare tax-free? When you do that, we know from studies uh, costs go down because people, when they're spending their own money, sure. they're more frugal and thoughtful about how they spend it. And they don't stint on their own health care. They don't stint on preventive care. Uh, in fact, they actually have the opposite incentive. They pay more for preventive care for the same reason that when it's your own money, you want to make sure you don't have to spend more of it in the future if you can you know, do a little preventive maintenance today. Mm -hmm. 
Dean, you're usually the one giving analogies, but I'm going to give an analogy on this one. So, sure. you know, throughout my life, I've always tried to set money aside to give away, to give to charity and other things. And I'm a person of faith. And uh, so I many years ago, a couple, four or five years ago, I decided, you know what, I'm going to set up a separate account called, and I call it God Provides Account. And so every month I put some money in that. And the only thing my family and I can use money out of that account for is to help other people, right? Buy someone wow. a meal at McDonald's, be nice to somebody else, buy yeah. a car for somebody, whatever. So I started doing that. And guess what? I find myself um, doing it. One, I, I save more money for that purpose, but I use it more and I give much more to charity because I do that. And I would almost make that analogy here you know, with an HSA, if it's your own money going into that, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to save it. You're going to be frugal, but you're going to use it and you're going to go, Hey, it's there. And if I need this health thing, I'm going to go do it. And I'm going to use the money because I have it. That's right. People want to be healthy. And if you've got the money to keep yourself healthy, you're going to spend it, but you're going to be thoughtful about it rather than if you're just spending somebody else's money or somebody else is in charge of your decisions. So that's just, what's beautiful about about a health savings account. I love your God provides account. Do you give donations to decrepit old former Reagan administration policy wonks? Only, your if, only if they are hit in the head by an iguana in Florida. And that's from a different episode, but you live in Florida and apparently iguanas fall out of the trees and may hit oh you. Oh my God, there's iguanas falling all over. Help, help. <laughs> all right, I'll send you a little something. How's that no. sound? <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. All right. So, so we talk about these federal... Uh, these the, the what the federal government can do but can states how about hsas in in other states are they regulated by states as well can can states have a say in this they can but mostly thank goodness they don't uh, hsas are a product of the federal income tax code and what some states do is they just uh, piggyback on the federal income tax they have a state income tax it's it's basically very similar to the federal income tax so the, the real threat from the states is if they add some additional tax. They could, they could tax the money in your HSA account. Um, luckily, only two states in the union do so. Um, I think one of them is Rhode Island, and I'm forgetting the other one. It might be New Hampshire. And, uh, but sorry, I apologize, New Hampshire, no. if, if you're not guilty. <laughs> but um, 48 states do not do this. So in general, this is a health savings accounts is a federal issue and that's where we need the reforms is in congress so we have talked uh we we, we talk about all these barriers and uh, we've talked uh, you know in generalities we're going to have other episodes that talk about these more specifically but all of the different barriers that are elected that that again government imposes upon citizens in their health care choices hsas being one of them only certain people can use it uh, direct primary care or direct patient care. We, we, we can talk about that as well. Uh, prescription drug prices, some of the, some of the regulation that's imposed there and the rising cost is, is in many cases caused because of government scope of practice, certificate of need, telehealth. I mean, there's all these sorts of reforms in healthcare that, that, Again, it's government imposing these rules that if we removed some of those rules and made healthcare more free for people to to interact with their doctor or their health care provider, uh, th- we'd have just a much better system. It'd be much more efficient. People get better health care 
delivery. Um, what can people do to learn either to learn more about HSAs or help put pressure on Congress to change this law so that every American can have the same access to an HSA that, that I have? Well, um, if you want to learn more about HSAs sort of at a policy level and uh, just understand the rules and the law, um, I, I would start with the little website that I myself set up uh, before I was working for Americans for Prosperity. It's called hsasforall.org. And uh, it's a basic website, but it, it has some pages that explain what we've been talking about and what changes are needed and why. But if you want to contact, you know, your lawmakers in Washington about uh, health savings account reform, um, I would go to personaloption.com and um, sign up there. And, uh, you know, you get updates on these health reform issues, including HSAs. And uh, you'll have, you know, convenient ways to uh, convey your opinions to uh, members of Congress. Uh, Dean, that's awesome. And again, uh, you can go to hsasforall.org if you want to learn more about uh, health savings accounts specifically. You can go to personal option. It's personaloption.com if you would like to learn more about the personal option and all of the different things that we can do in healthcare to create a personal option as opposed to a government-imposed, one-size-fits-all public option, which we have to avoid uh, at all costs uh, here. Um, Listen, Dean, first of all, I guess I would say, you know, God bless you. What, what can I say, right? Because I can't or, say or God, God burn you. you. I mean, I have to say God bless you for joining us today. What a great story. I love that story. It's one of the best I've ever heard. Um, but thank you for, for all you do for, you know, these healthcare reforms and to help educate Americans. This is, this is life-changing stuff that you're doing. So I want to thank you for, for that because when people have a healthcare crisis in their life, um, it's one of those things you don't think about it until you need it. But health insurance, health care is, is really important in people's lives. So I want to thank you for the years of, of service and dedication that you've given on that issue. So thank you for that. Well, thank, yeah, thank you. And uh, I can tell you're a, a man of uh, uh, principles and compassion. And that's really what we're trying to do, you know, with these, these policy reforms. So uh, God burn you. I mean, God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. See, and he's got a sense of humor too. Look at this. All right. Okay. Well, listen, hey, if you want to get engaged with Americans for Prosperity and you want to help on some of these personal option issues and help educate people on HSAs, health savings accounts, I can get you hooked up with one of the Americans for Prosperity state chapters and you can make a difference in your community, in your state, and yes, in your country. If you'll email me, email me at jeff at americanpotential.com and I'll get you connected. You can also, by the way, follow us on American Potential Podcast, this podcast. If you'd like to subscribe to our channel, you can do that. Uh, You can find us on any platform where you get your podcasts. And you can also like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for joining us on American Potential. Thank you for listening to American Potential. You may listen to more stories from Americans working every day to expand freedom and opportunity in their communities by visiting AmericanPotential.com.